Hey everybody, welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour, episode 291. I have left the window open once again. Hold on a second. I have shut the window once again. How's everybody doing? What's everybody up to? How's everybody feeling? My phone is currently going off again. A thing that I don't enjoy happening, but it's happening. What's happening? What's up? You guys look great. You look fantastic. You look... I mean, you, just, you look pretty. you just downright gorgeous, even. What's going on, guys? There's a lot of fun things to talk about this week. My name is Vince. I'm the host of this program, Atomic Radio Hour. Uh, a lot of Godzilla-related things have been happening that have been making me incredibly happy. Godzilla Minus One has come out recently, and it slaps, it kicks, it picks, it rips, uh, it smacks, it wang-tangles my dangos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, we're getting, like, Minecraft Godzilla, just just big lizard in Minecraft, and that's been exciting for me. I just, I've been enjoying that quite a lot. There's a new thing I'm going to talk about it. Ooh, as I bumped the mic. There's a thing I'm going to talk about towards the end of the program that is involving Godzilla in a new PlayStation property, or an old PlayStation property, or something of, of a PlayStation property. Couldn't really tell you. Welcome to the show. I got a lot of fun things to talk about. Have you guys seen Pal World? How do you feel about Power World? As someone who grew up with Pokemon, I grew up, in, I was born in 96, so I really grew up in the early 2000s, and um, I just feel like Pokemon has always been a part of my life, and then when I see, like, Wooloo with a gun, or being chopped up nice and fine, like, these are just things that, like, I would like to try. I know it's on Xbox, so I can get it. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to. I, I, I... I <laughs> I think the idea of giving my Pokemon guns and then going into other Pokemon bases to kill other Pokemon with guns is a fun idea. It's definitely like a monster capturing like yokai game that it's from Japan, but it's just something new that I think people that are on PC that want something like that are finally having the ability to get because you can't really play Pokemon, even the new stuff, even if you like the new stuff on, on, uh, on, on PC. Cause you have to, uh, you have to download ROMs of everything. And even then, can you, Nintendo will probably sue you for $35 billion if you do so, just because that's the kind of company they are. I would really, really like to try it. Uh, <laughs> really like to try Pal World. It's from what I've seen, it's a lot like Ark Survival, which I've never played. I have a feeling I'd really like survival games. I feel like I'd either really like them or I'd really not like them. Like it's either one or the other. It's not like yeah, they're fine because I like Minecraft a lot. But a lot of what I've been doing in Minecraft lately has just been the building aspect. Like I have a server with my friends, and it's just been like, okay, you guys go do what you want. I'm gonna go build a waffle house next to somebody house and uh we were gonna make a hotel and then i was gonna make a white castle on the other side of town and then i was gonna maybe build like a 7-eleven somewhere and then maybe a drive-in movie theater but we'll see when we get there so like i want to try pal world it seems like there's a lot of fun to be had there you can like capture people and chop them up like you can capture people in the little pokeballs but you can also just chop up your own pokemon and then it looks cool. If anybody's playing it, please, in the comments below, let me know. I've 
I've also been playing Mass Effect, which has been fun. Uh, it's it's very hard to play, though. The first Mass Effect is incredibly hard to play. I've been having a hard time really getting into it. Uh, I've been trying to put headphones on to get into it just because I thought, hey, maybe I can you know, feel more enveloped in this world if I do it like this. And it's a fine game. Uh, I kind of hit a breaking point when I was on a planet for 20 minutes driving around nothingness. And I was clicking the A button on monkeys to see if they had a piece of technology that fell off of a drone or a satellite or something. And then a bunch of the bad robot men, like four of them showed up and shot me for like no reason. I was like, that's a quest. And then I went back to go like turn the quest in. And it was like, no, you completing the quest, turn it in. I'm like, okay, great, fine, sure. It's very much like a 2007 game. Like it feels like an old game. And it's a little hard to play through. And I'm just trying to get through it and do like some of the side missions. But... I'm really just trying to get through just that main bulk of the first game so I can go to the second and the third one. And I've heard the third isn't great, but I've heard the second is fantastic. So I'm really just hoping to get there quickly, but I'm not trying to rush. I don't even remember what planet I'm on. Please no spoilers because I am completely blind to Mass Effect. Before I get really into uh, this week's lore, I, I want to talk about a friend of mine quick. I just found out recently, it was actually a really funny story of how it happened. Uh, but I found out that a friend of mine has passed away and it was a very, very, uh, surprising thing. Cause he wasn't an old man. He was, I don't even think he was 70. If he was 67, 68, I'd be surprised. So when I moved to Colorado about three years ago, um, I wasn't really sure what was going on in terms of like going home for Christmas. My family had come here for Thanksgiving and I didn't know about going home and I kept delaying buying a ticket and this and that. And then by the time it was time to buy a ticket, even to go home for like three or four days was going to be close to about a thousand dollars. So I didn't go home and I wound up going home about a month later. And, uh, there was a, an elderly, I don't even want to say elderly cause he wasn't even that old. There was a gentleman that I worked with. His name was Cliff who said to me, he overheard me talking about how I wasn't going to be able to go home for Christmas. And he said to me, he goes, Hey, if you don't have anywhere to go home for Christmas, why don't you come spend it with me and my wife? And on Christmas day, Cliff and his wife opened up their doors for me to come stay with them. And I didn't stay all day. I think I might've been there from like nine in the morning to maybe like one in the afternoon. I went, we had a little something to eat. We sat around, we talked, Cliff and his wife in pajamas, me and probably dungarees and a sweatshirt. But we sat there and it was nice to have this little bit of community. And then I remember like I went home and I took a nap. It was fantastic. I ate a little fish from the day prior. I might've made chicken cutlets. I don't remember. But I had like a nice little charcuterie board. I'm picking off of that. It was a really, really nice time. And I haven't seen Cliff in a while. And Cliff had been a really good guy. And my mom always said I had something called ESP. I'm not really sure what that meant, but I could always like predict what was about to happen. And the past like month or two in the back of my head, I've been sitting there going, I got to go see Cliff again. I got to go see Cliff again. I got to go see Cliff again. We used to work together. I got to go see Cliff again. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And I never went. And then today I'm in a meeting at work and it wasn't like I was in trouble or anything. And it wasn't like I was doing good or bad. It was just one of those like, hey... Time to go over your yearly report. And I was saying to the woman who I've, who I've never met, she's like something for the company that I, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I know Cliff and his wife and you know his wife probably more than you know Cliff and Cliff and I used to work together. And the lady's like, yeah, yeah, she was just here and, you know, everyone was showing her some love and then she took off. And then they start like this presentation with like all the numbers and stuff. 
And this one lady says to another lady, oh, and by the way, Vince knows Cliff's wife and he's friendly with them. And, and you know, Cliff just passed away on Friday. And I went, what? Like, I, I, I wish I had a recording of it. I genuinely do because I was not expecting that at all. Last time I saw Cliff and his wife, they told me that they were getting ready for her to retire. She was only going to work a few more years so she could retire. Cliff had some money or a pension or something, and they were going to travel the world. And she wanted to go to all of her favorite chef's restaurants, and Cliff was more than happy to pal around with the woman he loved. Cliff was just a man who still saw his wife the way he saw her, probably when they met. And I know he was about 10 years older than her, if give or take a couple years. But I would say, hey, Cliff, any big plans for you and the missus this weekend? And he'd be like, we're going to the movies, all proud. Cliff was a guy who I really, really appreciated. He was a man who was nice to me when he didn't have to be. He was a kind soul. He had a big heart. And I will think about Cliff probably, probably four to five times a year for the rest of my life. If I'll be thinking about him a lot late this year, probably a lot next year and the year and the year after that. I don't know why I was going to say prior, but he's a guy that hopefully I'll be I'll be about his age and I'll go, man. Remember Cliff? So just real quick, rest in peace to my buddy Cliff. So I'd like to get into the meat and the potatoes of this show, and that is a piece of lore from the Fallout series. But before I can do that, I have to thank the Patreon. Because of the Patreon, the show continues to grow. I don't know why I'm always grabbing this today. I go through phases with the Michael stand. I don't know why I want to grab it. Let's just keep it here for right now. Nah, I don't like that. Let's move it back. Okay. Because of these people, the show continues to grow and get bigger and better, so I have to thank them before we can proceed with the show. Starting at the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you to Marcus. After Marcus, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. Thank you to Mellow Millhouse. And last, but certainly not least, I have to thank Captain Lennox. Thank you to Captain Lennox. Because of you guys, the show continues to get bigger and better and stronger. And if you can't tell, I had to replace another light. So I don't know what this green screen is going to look like. And I am about to go buy a lighting kit, be it a ring light, like I'm an Instagram girly, or just something, a strip of something, an, Elga an Elgato, I almost said Elgarbo, an Elgato light strip here, something that I can, I can work with that'll have me illuminated. You won't, the shadow won't be here and hopefully half of my... To me, it's my left-hand side, but if it's on, uh, if it's on thing, it might be my right. Won't be blocked out. And because of you guys, I can do stuff like that to make the production value better and bigger for the show. So I thank you, and I love you. Thank you. I love you. Now, for this week's lore, I wanted to talk about the Brotherhood. Every now and again, I get a little bit of a Brotherhood kick, and I thought, well, who would be interesting to talk about in the Brotherhood? And for some reason, Scribe Rothschild popped into my head, and then I thought, hmm, who's the other scribe from that era of Fallout? It was Lars Taggart. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I had to read it like four different times. Lars Taggart. So you have Scribe Rothschild, who is one of the right-hand men, two elder lions, and then you have this scribe in the middle of the Mojave Brotherhood who is the man in charge of the scribes and the scribely duties, but who's happy about that? Hmm? So if you'd like to hear any lore, and I mean any lore whatsoever from the Fallout series, go ahead and check out the Patreon. 
from the $1 tier to the $10 tier, your voice is heard every single week when I ask a poll question and you, yes, you get your voice heard when it comes time to choose one of the poll options from the $1 tier again to the $10 tier at the $10 tier. You can listen to these episodes, get recorded live, but you can switch it up at any point in time. I'm just happy that you're here to listen. By way of the Goulman Entertainment Podcast, this week's lore is on Scribe, Head Scribe, Lars Taggart from Fallout, New Vegas. Head Scribe Lars Taggart is a head scribe for the Brotherhood of Steel Mojave chapter in the year 2287. As the head scribe, he has a couple of different duties, some of them being research in a, as a whole, as a whole of the Brotherhood needs research done, the scribes are going to do it. Uh, he's then to catalog all of the things that they find, all of the research, all the discoveries, and the processing of tech taken in from above the bunker. Lars's biggest claim inside of the bunker is that he rebuilt an entire VR training simulation that was down there. There was, I'll, I'll read a direct quote from him. I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, the Wikipedia, if you will, and I got a quote here that I will read directly from him. I'll read it from him and you'll kind of see where, where he's at with that. All this to be said, he's incredibly lazy. He's a man who often puts off his responsibilities. So uh, the senior scribe, Linda Schuler is in charge of him. She has to pick up all of the leftover slack for him. You can actually read her, her terminal inside of the Hidden Valley bunker. Uh, it says, Journal 261, damn that Taggart. I got stuck scheduling the junior scribes experiments again. It's bad enough that we're stuck down here with one another, but all the brotherhood scribes in the waste and I get stuck in a lecherous scatterbrain of a boss. Perhaps Harden is right. Maybe it is time for a change. So he's someone who's obviously brilliant. If he's reput, if he's reput, if he's put this thing back together again, this this VR system training simulation back together again. He's obviously a brilliant man. If he did it from just a couple of tapes that were left over, and I think part of him also just knows that he's the head scribe in a dying chapter of the Brotherhood in the Mojave. So they don't want to expand the way they're doing things. Why should he? Why should he do anything any sort of differently if they're not going to? And he's going to take advantage of that completely. He's going to sit there and go, well, I don't have to do anything. The person below me will pick up all the scraps because of the chain of command. And because of that, I'll just keep my job and keep it moving. I'm not going to try. There's no incentive to try. Despite all these complaints, he still continues to hold his position. The courier can ask him about the VR set going, did you make the training VR yourself? And Taggart will respond with, not far from it. When we reclaimed this bunker, I found a number of VR tapes. Most were corrupt, but a few programs still ran using those as a foundation i was able to code the vr training as well as other applications so let's say there is enough of these tapes let's say there's 50 tapes and let's say 10 of them work a fifth of them are, are in working capacity and he can take that and reverse engineer it and make it so this part of the brotherhood has an incredibly incredibly futuristic incredibly effective way of training its scribes.
The courier can also ask, do all of the brothers use this equipment? And Taggart will respond with, everybody in the base has to spend a minimum of five hours a week running tactical simulation, but outside of that, interests are scarce. It wasn't always this way. Ellipses. Over time, though, my fellows have become listless and less entertained by the wonders of the technology around them. He's a man who's obviously very smart, like I've said, and people are kind of just going through these simulations because they have to, because they need to go through these simulations, because it's, for, it's mandatory that they do five hours every week of these simulations. And there's one person who actually gives a damn about what he's doing, and her name is Melissa Watkins. She's the only person who really gives a damn still about how he feels about technology. Now, if you know the quest lines that are involved with the Brotherhood of Steel in New Vegas, you'll know that there is an option where you can go down there and you can make them stay to their own ways, ex try new things. They can uh, be blown up entirely. You can go down there and wipe them all out. You can sneak in and uh, set a self-destruct sequence to go off. And there's a way that if you set a self-destruct sequence, you can actually turn it off and Taggart is in charge of that. And I'd like to read this directly from a terminal. Hidden Valley Network, are you sure you would like to initiate self-destruct? Click yes. Self-destruct sequence initiated. Please exit the bunker in a common orderly fashion. Confirming once again, abort sequence. If you click on that, note, need to implement this. Taggart. So he is so lazy that he could have redone the sequence that would allow a bunch of people to not die because Robert House was like, I want them dead. And that's a way to get rid of them. And he just said, I'll do it later, thinking, knowing it was never going to happen. And turns out some idiot who was shot in the head twice and lived to tell the tale ventured out of his grave to blow them to smithereens. Just some notes and some fun facts. His name and personality is a nod to James Taggart from the Ayn Rand novel, Atlas Shrugged. If you talk to some of the other Brotherhood of Steel members in the bunker, it seems that he promoted Watkins, his protege, Veronica, and more people out of their classes based not on intelligence, but on their appearances. It seems that he's just kind of a creep uh, to the point where even Veronica will go, will, will see him if she's with you and go, Scribe Taggart, it's your favorite student. And he acts kind of weird about it, which isn't to say that he's being perverse, but just he acts weird about it. Maybe she's just a little overbearing to him. Who knows? And various people of the Brotherhood of Steel in the bunker are also saying that he's working on some sort of a secret project. But as far as I know, that secret project isn't always concluded unless it's has to do with the hacking of the terminals. I hope you've enjoyed that because that's all I have on Lars Taggart, the head scribe of the Mojave chapter of the Brotherhood of Steel, and that has been uh, this a week's Alloy. All right, gang. All right, fam. All right, squad. All right, crew. All right, guys. All right, ladies. All right, fellas. All right, lady fellas. All right, fella fellas. Home people. Welcome to segment three of this week's episode, and I want to talk about Sony State of Play, the PlayStation State of Play, uh, because I am slowly... <laughs> failing to see what PlayStation is offering. There are some neat things here. There are some things I'd like to try, but there's some things I'd like to go over. Behind me should be the state of play. I probably won't be talking about exactly what's on screen, but I'm going to do my best to try to keep up with it. Um, 
that's all done in post, and I need to make it stretch until the end of the episode. First off, they showed a game called Helldivers 2. It looked fine. I didn't know Helldivers 1 existed. Seemed like a decent game. Then they showed Stellar Blade, and, it, and I, I saw that, and I thought, oh, this is like for me at first. It's a post-apocalyptic wasteland. There's people who have left Earth to go live elsewhere. Cool. Seems like up my alley. Way too anime. And it's, it's I don't, I don't dislike the anime art style. It's the voice acting that I can't get behind. It's, it's like three sentences in one. They'll ask two questions. One of them gets answered. I just, I can't do anime voiceovers. I can't do that, that, that transition, transition, translation. I, I can't do it. Looks like a decent game. The, the city of Zion looked really cool. The fact that the people see the girl as like an angel, all of it looked really cool. I don't think I could play this game. Sonic X Shadows Generation, they did City Escape. They won. They won this, this presentation for me. The eight-year-old in me that loves Sonic Adventure 2 Battle went nuts when I heard that rendition of City Escape. Uh, I love me the edgy hedgy that is Shadow the Hedgeman. I love, the, I love him. I love Sonic. It's, it's good. The older I get, the more I can enjoy it. Just put the Chow Garden in it, please. I might actually play this one. I didn't play the last generations, but I might play this one. Please put the Chow Garden back into Sonic games. It's all I want. Zenless Zone Zero. It's just another anime game as far as I'm concerned. It, it, it's, it's, it looks like a game. Foam Stars, a bubble shooter made by Square Enix. At first I looked at it and I went, what is this? And then I saw a bubble shooter, a foamy bubble shooter a car wash game. And then I just thought, oh, this is PlayStation Splatoon. I'd like to see more of it. It looks interesting. Dave the Diver. Okay, this, this might've actually won for me. Dave the Diver, never heard of Dave the Diver, but it shows you like coming to PlayStation 5 and it's like a cute pixelated game. And then you hear, bomb, 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 bomb. And if you don't know, that's Godzilla's theme song. And I don't know what this game is about. I know nothing about this game. I want to try it because the big lizard is in it. And if you listen to the beginning of this program, I just said how they're putting the big lizard and everything. And it's his 70th birthday this year. And I love him. I love Godzilla with my heart and my soul. V Rising just looks like a game Kyle would like. That's not a bad thing. I just saw that. It's like an isometric game. It's kind of mythic. It's kind of gothic. It's kind of Plague Doctory. My first thought was Papa's going to love this one. Silent Hill, the short message, just look like PT. And I know Kojima, and we're going to talk about Kojima later, but I know Kojima was working on PT, and then the whole thing got scrapped. But like... The walking through the hallway, the bathroom, the person following you all looked like PT. So are they just taking the skeletal remains of what was PT and turning it into this? My PlayStation 4 still has PT on it. And from what I understand, I could like make money off of that and I just don't know how, but I'd love to try. And then they showed Silent Hill 2 Remake. Uh, the OG copies of that sell for 100 plus complete. Uh, I saw a resale shop selling one for $1,000. I don't understand why Silent Hill is so gosh damned expensive. I don't know if it's that good of a game because I've never played them, but this I really would like to try if it's going to make the game more accessible and it's not going to be a fog simulator that I can't see three feet in front of me. 
Judas is made by the dude who made Bioshock, and I'm watching it going, this dude just only knows how to make Bioshock because it looks exactly the same. Also, I was told that this new game was going to be like in the in the Antarctic and it was going to be like The Thing or inspired by The Thing, but I don't know. It just kind of looks spacey and you're a woman, which there's nothing wrong with. I like playing as a woman in the game, but it just seemed like Bioshock. You have powers and guns and like... I, I think Bioshock's a little overrated, but I'd be willing to give this one a look-see. Metro Awakening VR. I really need to play the Metro games. I want to see if they're on uh, Series X's marketplace because I feel like I'd really like them. They're Russian. I should read Russian novels. I should read Russian literature because they're very depressing and they're v they go into a lot of detail and I feel like I'd really like that. But... Uh, it, I want to try this, but it's VR and VR just isn't my bag. I remember when everyone thought VR was going to be the next big thing and then it kind of died. VR is kind of dead. It's cool. I just don't think we're going to see what everyone thinks VR is going to be for like another 10 to 15 years. That being said, Legendary Tales, another VR game. It's a medieval game. My first thought when I saw this one as well was, oh, a Kyle type game, which isn't a bad thing. Just I feel like it's a game Kyle's going to really, really enjoy. Dragon's Dogma 2. Looks cool. Didn't play the first one. If I remember correctly, the first one came out years ago and no one ever thought a second one was ever going to happen. If this is your game, God bless. Love you. Good for you. Rise of Ronin really intrigued me in this one. Uh, Rise of Ronin, now, when I watched it, and mind you, I'm watching it and taking notes at the same time, reminded me of, like, if Assassin's Creed and Ghost of Tsushima kind of had a love child and then was raised by the Red Dead Redemption uh, the f first Red Dead Redemption's like quick draw mechanic. I, I something about that just just stood out to me. And then you get guns. It just seems like a really really neat concept. I would very much like to try this game. Until Dawn on PC, I don't know anything about it. It just kind of looked like Saw, and I'm not really into that type of thing. But if you are, good for you. Death Stranding two on the beach. Uh, nothing about it made sense. It was incredibly straightforward and nothing made sense. There's a guy who has a guitar that shoots electric. Uh, that was cool. The one woman has like gloves around her neck that are sentient and she goes to light a cigarette and like the one, it like, like, like gloves, like little rubber gloves, like Dexter's mom from Dexter's lab. And like the glove comes up and it like snaps and her cigarette lights up. And I was like, that's really cool. The gloves cover her mouth when she's operating on someone. I really want to try the first Death Stranding. I got to see if it's on Xbox and if I can get a copy cheap because I really want to try it because I have a feeling I'm either going to love that game or absolutely hate that game. There will be no in between. It's either going to be a masterpiece or a monster waste of time. And I, I just want to try it. It's, uh, you know, there's a puppet thing that's like your buddy and he looks like he's like stop motion-y and that looks fun. Like it's a neat idea. I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm at a point where I just think Kojima is making shit and is like, yeah, you guys figure it out. And people just hail him as a genius because he made a couple of good games. That being said, I've never played a Kojima game, so I don't know. And when we're talking about Hideo Kojima... Uh, he's making a new espionage game. So is it going to be like Metal Gear? Is it going to be in the vein of Metal Gear? Metal Gear is completely owned by Konami and has nothing to do with Hideo Kojima to the point where Metal Gear Solid 5 or 6, I don't remember which is the name of the last one, just got rid of his name on the game. So he started going into game stores and signing copies because he's like, my name should be on this and it's not. And uh, I just, I don't know. Again, never played a Kojima game. 
but people seem to love them. That's everything the State of Play had to show us. I hope you guys are having a good week. Hope you guys are having a good month. Hope you guys are having a good year. That is everything for the show. If you'd like to get the intro music, it's by the one and only Shane Ivers. You can get all of his free sounds at silvermansounds.com slash free music. And the song that we use is called Feather Duster. Links in the description and below to the Patreon. Please give the Patreon a look-see and the Discord. Please join the Discord. I think you'll find some nice, like-minded folk in there. Links in the description to my Twitter, the show's Twitter, and Kyle's Twitter, along with the Redbubble where you can support the show in a smaller monetary way if you'd like. None of the monetary options are required. They're just optional. I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys are happy. Hope you guys are content and meeting people. I tried a new pizza place recently. Didn't think they had good pizza in Colorado. Turns out I was wrong. I love you. I will see you guys soon. See you next week. Bye the bye, everybody. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. This has been a production made by your friends at Goldman Entertainment.